Somebody say amen. Only God can fix. So what is repentance? Repentance is the activity of reviewing one's actions. Reviewing one's actions and feelings. Uh, uh, and feeling contrition or regret for past wrongs. Which is accompanied. Say accompanied. That, that word is very important. Which is accompanied by uh, a commitment to change for the better. Now, Keith, that definition in itself, it specifies three requirements that we must have in order to repent. Number one, repentance requires a personal critique. Meaning that you've got to look at yourself and take personal inventory. And, 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 and y'all can't tell me that you're not good at looking at what's messed up in people. Right. The problem is we are quick to look at what's wrong with everybody else, but slow to really try to figure out what's wrong with us. So, so we got the steel, we just got to apply it. It takes a personal critique, say personal critique. The second thing it requires is it requires contrition. It requires a feeling of regret, uh, something that makes you feel bad that you've done what you've done. Raise your hand if you've ever felt bad for what you did. I'm talking about it, man, it hurt your feelings. It felt bad. Somebody say amen. It felt bad. It felt bad. And man, that's a good thing because if we did not have that feeling, Dr. Flanagan, man, many of us would just run loose in the earth. Somebody say amen. But, but contrition uh, gives us a feeling of regret. But the third thing it requires is that it, it, when we use that word accompany, you can do the personal critique. And, and you can you can be contrite about it, but if you don't make a decision to change, repentance cannot be completed. Somebody say me. No, 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 no. Repentance isn't just going to God saying, God, I'm sorry. Somebody say amen. Yeah, he'll forgive us, but repentance says, God, I'm sorry, and I want to change. Amen, somebody. So, so today, I want to show you a few more things that, that repentance requires. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that people that will help you mess up your life, you almost can never count on them to help you change your life? Somebody say amen. Man, think about, think about this. Think about this. Raise your hand if you've ever had some people in your life that you could count on to help you in your mess. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on. Come on. Ain't nobody raise your hand over here. So this is the Holy Ghost side. Let me talk to y'all sinners over here. Right? Come on. You know. You know you had some ride out people in your life that will help you do anything you wanted to do. Somebody say me. My sister was mine. She was right there. What you need, bro? Somebody say amen. But think about this. When you make up your mind to change your life, it's few people that you can count on to help you change your life. Like they help you mess up your life. Somebody say amen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, 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 that's, that, that, that happens. Look, look, look for somebody to go to the club with. You'll find, you'll find four or five people that'll go with you. Look for somebody that will be an accountability partner. Man, nobody want to wake up in the morning and pray with you. Somebody say amen. 
Here's what we got to understand about that. Man, you better have at least one person in your life that you can share your infirmity with. Somebody say amen. You need to have at least one person that you can count on, that you can share your infirmity with. Not so they can boost you up in your mess, but so that they can help you out of your mess. Look at your neighbor and say, you need at least one person. One. You need at least one. You need at least one. Because you got many people, you got to understand, you can't admit stuff to everybody. Because everybody don't know how to handle your stuff. Somebody say amen. That's a sad reality, isn't it? It's a sad reality that, that, that you can't share what's really going on in your life. And for some of us, we can't share because we've always been viewed as strong. And so when, when, when we finally realize what's wrong with us, we can't really share because we don't want to seem weak. But man, you need one somebody that you can count on. Somebody who won't tell you you should feel that way. Don't tell me I should feel that way. I already feel that way. Somebody say amen. Not just somebody who, who will say, you, you shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done it. What can you do to help me out of this situation? Somebody say amen. Here in the text in Mark chapter number two, the Bible says in verse number one, and again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Now, here's what you got to understand what's really powerful about that text. The Bible says, the Bible says, watch this, this is coming straight from heaven, Brittany. The Bible says he comes to Capernaum again. Meaning that he had been to Capernaum before. And when he gets to the house, the word of God said that it was noise that he was there. In other words, people start talking about the fact that Jesus was in the room. I got a question for you before I move forward. How many of y'all have just talked about Jesus? How many of y'all have gone to your job and talked about Jesus? How, how many of you have stopped in the grocery store and told somebody about Jesus? Now, I do understand that everybody can't talk about him with the same veracity as everybody else. But I believe there are at least 10 people in here who, who God has done some stuff for that when you open your mouth and begin to talk about Jesus, people will listen to you. Why? Because he's done something so amazing that you can't attribute to your mama, you can't attribute to your daddy, you can't attribute to your husband or your wife. You can honestly say it was nobody but the Lord. And, and is there anybody here who can praise God because you know it was him? It wasn't your job, it wasn't your education, it wasn't your family, it wasn't your pedigree. It was nobody but him. The Bible says it was noised in the house. And God says today, there's not enough people making noise about him. We're making, a lot, we're making a lot of noise for a whole lot of other things, but we're not making a whole lot of noise about Jesus. Somebody say amen. Yeah. And we don't have to train you of how to make noise. You know how to make noise at the football game. Y'all not going to help me in here. You know, you make noise at the concert. But God said, you need to start making noise that will let people know that he is real. Somebody say amen. Somebody shout, God is real. He is real. It was noise in the, it was noise that he was in the house. And the Bible says in verse number two, the Bible says, and, and, and straightway many were killed. 
And it was so many people together. Watch this. He's in the room. He's in the room. And so many people are gathered in that room that it packs the house. Somebody say amen. It, it, he, he, it, it, it packs the house. And it was so many people that nobody else could get in the door. Somebody say amen. Yeah. And later you're going to find out that there were so many people there that you couldn't even climb through the window if you wanted to. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Yeah. That's what happens when Jesus is in the room and the people of God start talking about Jesus being in the room. People will show up and want what you got. Yeah. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Not just want what you have, but they will want what he has too. Yeah. What, what, what caused a room to be filled the Bible says that it was Noah's. Well, what was Noah's? What was Noah's was the testimony of what God did the first time he was in Capernaum. Y'all missed a good place to shop. What was Noah's was all of the testimonies of the good thing that God has already done. And I wonder, do I have anybody here that could give God praise for what he's already done? I'm not talking about what you expect him to do next week or what you expect him to do in 2020. Is there anybody other than me that can give God praise for what he's already done in your life? Woo, do me a favor, grab one neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, if God never does anything else for me, he's already done enough for me to praise him for the rest of my Somebody shout, he's already done enough. Do y'all not know there are enough people out in the world already saying that we are crazy for believing in this Jesus that we've never seen? Do y'all know there's already enough people out there who are dogging us out because we showed up this morning to give God praise? There ought to be people in the room who can testify because of what they know God has done in their lives. It was so many people in the room that nobody else could not get in. But he preached the word of God to them. Somebody shout, there's power in the word of God. There's power. Oh, yes, it is. Well, there's power in the word of God. There's power in the word of God. He preached the word of God to them. And here's what happens. Four men has a friend who can't walk. And they grab him. Watch this. Put him in the bed. And each one of them grab a corner. And they take him to where they heard Jesus was. And they must have rationalized in their mind, if Jesus is here, and if we're able to get you to him, something has to happen. You don't even know what to shout about. I just said, if we're able to get to him, something has to happen. And can I go ahead and speak into the life of somebody in this room today? Man, if you can, if you can just press your way to get to Jesus, something has to happen in your life. Y'all missing a good place to shout. Something has to happen in your life. So they make up in their mind. 
They each grab a corner. And that's what that's another thing. You gotta have some friends in your life that can carry you when you can't walk. I say amen. You ain't gonna always feel like walking. Raise your hand if you've ever been there when you didn't feel like going on. But you had a friend, you had somebody who loved you that would take you where you needed to go. Somebody say amen. And I gotta tell you something that's really when you're gonna be able to find out who your true friends are. When you ever find yourself in a place where you can't do what you used to do for yourself or for them, if they stick around, you might have a good friend. They got, he got good friends. He got good friends, see? And they take him, they take him to see Jesus. Watch this. Verse number three says it. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy. It was four of them. First thing I want you to write down if you're writing is they had a goal. They had a goal. Write that down. Write that down. I promise this is going to bless you. They had a goal. They had a goal. What does this have to do with repentance, Pastor Jackson? Let me show you. They had a goal. Here's the deal. We know how to set goals. When you go out there on that golf course, that's one of the best golfers in Tallahassee right there. When you go out there to play golf, right? You got a goal of what you want to shoot. And you can envision in your mind, right, that, that the shot before you hit it. And if, you, if you're trying to shoot under 100, you know, you make sure you go to the range and practice so that you can hit your goal. Golf is one of the toughest things that you can do. If people think it's just hitting a little ball, you've got to have skill to do that. And it takes practice. It takes work. Somebody say amen. Amen. I don't play golf, I hit golf balls. <laughs> and that's fun too. Right? We know how to set goals. We, 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 we know how to write them down. Somebody say amen. amen. Raise your hand if you've ever created a vision board. Right? You ever did a vision board before? You know where you where you where you take a board and then you cut out pictures of what you want to become? And and we put the house on there. We put the car on there. We put the dollar sign for the money we want on there, right? But God spoke to me this morning and said, how many saints have ever included on their vision board, I want to live right? <laughs> how, many of you, how many of you have ever done a vision board and included on your vision board as a goal? I want to be more holy. Somebody say amen. amen. How many people have, have ever just, just, just simply not, not done a vision board for your temporal needs, but done a vision board for your spiritual needs? Somebody say amen. amen. We know how to set goals. We know how to set goals for a new house. We know how to set goals to be debt free. We know how to set goals to excel educationally and professionally, but why? Is living right never a goal? Listen, this they set a goal. Why, why, why don't we put a timeline on what we want to see God change in our lives? Huh? Somebody say, Amen. I want to be debt free by 2020, but I don't want to be sin free by 2020. Y'all not gonna like me today. Huh? 
I want my credit right by 2020. I want my house by 2021. I want to save the down payment by mid-2020. But how many of us know the steps to not sleeping around? Look at your neighbor and say, if it hurts you, it just hurts you. We know the steps to everything else. But we don't spend no time Learning the steps to living right. If you're serious about repentance and if you're serious about changing your life, do me a favor and shout, I'm about to set some goals. <laughs> I wish three more of y'all would have shouted out. Come on, shout, shout it out with more power than say, I'm about to set some goals. About set some goals. And when you when you said I'm about to set some goals, you should have burst out into a praise because you know that this goal is gonna change your life. Do me a favor, shout, say that I'm about to set some goals, then give God praise. Say it. I'm about to what? Now give God praise for the change. Yeah. What, what goals are you about to set? I'm about to set some goals to help me live right. Oh. 
say, y'all miss that? Let me help you. Your walls will reveal your will. Because there's nothing worth having that's not worth fighting for. Y'all not helping me? There's nothing worth having that's not worth going through something to get it. Y'all not helping me here. Where are the three people that, that really give God praise for the fact that you went through some stuff in order to get to where you are right now? It wasn't handed to you on a silver platter. You had to go through some hell and some hot water to get to where you are. And you are thankful for it. Your, 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 your walls will reveal your will. God oftentimes put walls in our faces to see just how bad we want it. The problem is, the problem is, is that when we get to the wall, what happens is a lot of us abandon the mission. Y'all miss it? When you get to the wall, what literally, what, what normally happens is we get to the wall and say, we can't get in. It's already full. And we turn around. What would have happened if they had got to the door and saw that they couldn't get in and took that boy back home? But can y'all can y'all see what happened? They said, we have come too far. And he was too heavy just to turn around and go back home. Y'all not having me here. Where are the 10 people in here that can testify? You carried some heavy weight and you come from too far now to turn. Y'all not having me here. Do me a favor and look at somebody dead in the eye and tell them I'm not turning around now. I've come too far. somebody here who's turned around before who's. I'm, I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know God is speaking to somebody. You've turned around before you. You you, you faced a giant and when you seen the giant, you you turned around and you didn't want to go any further because you, you thought it was all over with. But can I go ahead and prophesy in this room? It is not over yet. It is not over. A wall doesn't represent the end. A wall just represents how bad you want it. And there are 20 people in this room who can lift up your hand and say, I need it bad. I need my healing bad. I need my deliverance bad. I need my money bad. Whatever you need, you'll find out that sometimes there are walls in front of it. You can either abandon the mission or you can adjust the mission. Here's what they did. They lay him down just for a minute. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can y'all see him dragging him up to the front door being told there's no more room and they get off up the porch and one of them had to have said wait a minute let's put him down for a minute 
and think of another strategy. Here's what God said. Your mind is so cluttered. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Your mind is so cluttered right now. It's because you're holding stuff that you should have put down. God said you're not putting it down for a lifetime. But can you put it down long enough so you can think? They put it down. They come up with another plan. Where I'm from, my dad used to say stuff like this. It's more than one way to steal a cat. Y'all don't know what to shout about. You don't even know what to shout about. You're going to make me preach hard anyway, aren't you? There, there's more than one way to skin a cat. The reason why some of y'all aren't celebrating Jesus today is because uh, one door has closed in your face. Uh, but the reason the rest of us celebrate him is because even though one door has closed, uh, we know that God has another door. God not helping me here. And even when every door closes, uh, we know that he can open up uh, the windows of heaven uh, and pour us out a blessing that we don't even have room enough to receive. Uh, can I get 15 of you to give God praise? Uh, because he always has uh, another way. Do me a favor and praise God uh, for another way. Uh, it didn't happen your way, uh, but praise him for another way. They say, we are blocked temporarily. <laughs> we are blocked temporarily. But it got to be a way to get in this house. And one of them said, since we can't get inside the wall let's climb the wall <laughs> you missed a good place to say amen let's climb let's climb let's climb the wall what's what's on top of the wall well what's on top of the wall is a roof and if we could just tear it open just a little bit we can let him down and we can set him down right where Jesus is. Two things I want you to notice that I'm close. One is these men were not too cute to do some dirty work. Can I help y'all? I'm going to let y'all sit down in a minute. They were not too cute to do the dirty work. And here's the thing. Man, some of us have been so used to dressing up before people that we don't know what it feels like to get down and dirty, to do the hard work we know that needs to be done in our lives. The Word of God teaches us that faith without works is dead. You can have faith all day long, but if you're not willing to put your ladder up against the wall and do some climbing every now and then, you're not going to see what you need to see. So here it is. Here it is. The wall is blocking them. But they get in there and they tear the roof open. We can't get through the wall. But now we've climbed to the roof and we've opened up the roof. And we let him down. We let him down right before Jesus. Here's the thing. All of us want to be forgiven of our sins. 
but few of us want to stop our sins. We don't mind being forgiven. We definitely don't mind God administering the grace we need. But there are few of us who say we don't want to do it no more. Somebody say amen. And, and here, here, here's what happens. Listen, listen, man. You can't expect a dirty thing to be solved by a clean process. I wish I was talking about something else. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you cannot expect a dirty deed to be clean with my clean process. No. If it was dirty to get into, y'all not gonna help me. It's gonna be dirty to get out of. I need five witnesses in here that can testify. I got into some stuff and it was hard to get out. But you gotta put in the work. To climb the wall, tear open the roof. And what did that do? It's the last thing I'm gonna use y'all for it. I'm closing, I promise you. What did that do? Watch this, watch this, watch this. While the wall was together, the only thing that Jesus was paying attention to was the word he was preaching and the people he was preaching the word to.
And while your hands are lifted, open your mouth in this room. And we're going to do it different. It's going to be hard for some of you. Don't ask God for another blessing. Ask Him to create in you a clean heart. And renew a real right spirit. Come on, do that. Come on, open your mouth and do it. Come on right now. Here's what I want to do today. Here's what I want to do today. 
this might not be for everybody. But man, there are people in this room who can say right now, God, I need you like never before. There's some stuff on the inside of me that I need to set some goals to get out of me. From the outside looking in, I'm not a bad person to anybody. But God, there's some work I need you to still do in my life. If you in this room right now, man, I pray that I pray, I pray that you, I pray that you don't be ashamed because all of us in here should come. But man, I want you to come toward this altar right now. If you said, God, I need you to work on me. God, I 